Evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, today I brought someone who's actually very hard to bring. A、um, freedom-loving Asian like myself, who actually went through all these things in Hong Kong and you know, possibly in China as well.、Um, I introduce you, Juno Ma.、Um, she's also a president of Freedom of Speech Society, and she is actually very active on the society. Welcome, Juno. Could you、um, introduce a little bit about yourself?、Um, hi, I'm Juno. And yeah, I think that's probably all you need to know about me. Although, well, I know quite a bit of、um, Chinese politics and you know, things communism in general, and maybe a bit of Japanese politics as well. But let's、yeah. not. That's not I mean, yeah, Junior also speaks Japanese, which is, I think, is admirable quality. You speak three languages. But anyway, I mean, what do you study, Junior?、Uh, yeah, so I do philosophy, which, if you're considering your you know, university prospects,、uh, I suggest you not. I, don't know. I think it's more、um, better than aerospace engineering, which is. Fully dependent on、um, how people feel passionate about the space and、uh, aeroplanes and fancy weapons. Yeah, I mean, people have interests and like stop having interests in ideas in general. And、um, I guess, well, we look,、uh, we want people to continue to be interested in ideas instead of going like, oh, yeah, philosophy, that looks interesting. You know, I might consider it.、Um, You know, a bit besides a besides a sociology degree or a goddamn English degree, but okay, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Into well, the topic. Just to wrap it up,、um, back in my hometown,、um, he probably might not be listening to this one because he doesn't speak English.、Um, they say my childhood friend, who actually applied to university, and、um, in South Korea you can apply to six universities and six different places. He applied to basically only the psychology degree, not, not psychology, sorry, philosophy degrees. Which.、Um, I'm pretty sure in the UK you're、uh, kind of only allowed to apply for one degree. I mean, actually, I applied to mechanical and aerospace engineering. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can yeah. do something that with that sort of.、Yeah. But anyway, not many people do that. Not many people feel that much passionate about、um, philosophy. And I think. Personally speaking, I think、um, those people who have philosophy degrees or you know, some sort of joint degrees with philosophy always had、um, very many things to talk about. My personal opinion, I mean, Gabriel also does um, philosophy um, and politics,、uh, politics and philosophy,、um, actually. Well, you know, he had、um, rather interesting insights and all these things, and I hope the same for you.、Um, and I know you do. Anyway, what are we talking about today, do you know? Mm-hmm. I thought you were supposed to say that, but well,、um, for those of you who don't know, there is this very brand new situation happening in China that <clears throat> people are actually, for the first time in look, like 30 years, having protests about the government,、um, having anti government protests. In fact, no, like this is probably the first ever. Anti government protests that happened in Shanghai. There are other ones all over the country that weren't explicitly anti government, but this one is, was like the first large scale protest that 
explicitly spoke against the government, people were chanting, you know, CCP step down, Chinese Communist Party, that's, and Xi Jinping stepped down. And like that didn't even happen in 89 because the Tiananmen protests, in the Tiananmen protests, students called for reform, like for a more democratic Communist Party. But, you know, we, I think a lot of people have seen what happened in Shanghai and like, this is just brand new. And I think although, you know, the protest was smaller in scale than Tiananmen and people were more pessimistic about how well it would work, I think this is a step ahead. Like, I actually cried when I saw the videos because, <laughs> no, I actually did because like, I was just talking to my friend less than two months ago about, you know, when are all the Chinese people going to stand up for themselves or are they just going to tolerate this forever and my view was pretty pessimistic because I thought they were just going to like lower the bar again and again and nothing's going to happen so yeah I am pretty happy that I was wrong because the day actually came and like it came so much sooner than I expected. I mean what, what I was very very um, surprised at was um well, I'm very um, pessimistic on Chinese democracy, as I always have been, because um, as a South Korean, you know, I know what is the essential um, background for um, democracy. And unfortunately, China doesn't really have um, many of these. But at the same time, I was really surprised how consistent these movements were. I mean, it started from you know, these scribbles in um, Beijing and toilets in Shanghai and things like that. And now it has brought into something that many people participate and many people actually feel the same for it. Um, is it um, actually true or are we still having um, quite a lot of these um, so-called brainwashed Wu Mao that, you know, still um, <laughs> is very, um, you know, uh, pro um, this dictatorship government? Look, um... Yeah, I actually thought about this because I'm not too sure about that. Like, I could think of two possibilities because my point of contact with most information in China was actually, you know, Instagram pages that <clears throat> screenshotted posts from Weibo, the Chinese version of Twitter, basically like moments before those posts disappears, and it's like an archive of those posts of voices of mm -hmm. rebellion. And so like, I'm not actually on Weibo and I don't actually know what most of it looks like. Well, most of it, it doesn't really represent everyone, but yeah, but I don't know. I might be overly optimistic, but it might just be that, well, it's happening because the first time I saw all of those protests, I thought, well, yeah, this is a concentrated version of what happened and like, of course, I'm going to be optimistic about what I'm seeing, but then I started seeing these things on international news. And, you know, here's, here's a really funny thing. Like, so, um, so someone very close to me, I won't say who it is, uh, posted, well, sent to me um, a clip of just, do you hear the people sing? Mm -hmm. And so like, I 
yeah, from um, Les Miserable. I can't speak French. <laughs> But, no, 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 I can't speak French either. It's just yeah, yeah. um, yeah, no. <laughs> so I searched it on YouTube. I was like, yeah, because like I, I know the song, but also like yeah, I actually feel like listening to the entire thing. And then I saw the comment sections, and it's just you know people commenting in Chinese, and also people going like, um, yeah, China like uh, Jiao like fighting. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment I kind of thought, "Wow, okay, this is actually happening."、Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not just a bunch of angry students in Tiananmen Square, but it is a widespread population thing that it can't be rooted out、um, as easy as you know Tiananmen Square, which you know, I mean, no, I mean to be fair, right?、Um, Most of these people are still made of students.、Mm-hmm. What、well, a lot of them are just very <clears throat> are, are just very frustrated residents. But you know, for example, I'm glad you mentioned like the、um, bridge banner in Beijing, and because、mm-hmm. I think most people probably think of、um, the fire in Xinjiang、mm-hmm. as the trigger of all these large scale protests. But yeah, as you said. That was kind of <clears throat> only the last straw, and it really started when there was this bridge banner in Beijing. So, like, I'm just gonna explain it.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was so some so like I think it was like a month or so ago,、um, where a banner was put up on the Sitong Bridge in、mm-hmm. Beijing, and it says something along the lines of. We don't want PCR tests. We want food, and we don't want lockdowns. We want freedom. We don't want the cultural revolution. We want reform, and we don't want dictators. We want elections, etc. So, like the banner was took down very soon, and the person who put up the banner allegedly self-immolated, but the same messages soon started just appearing in. You know, toilet cubicles, elevators, etc.,、mm-hmm. all over the country, and there was actually a period of time when, like, the government has people monitoring every public bathroom in major cities, <laughs> and like, just no, like, literally going into every cubicle after someone's done their thing to check whether they scribbled something in the cubicle, and no, and in some cases they just had cameras in the bathrooms, like. Yes,、um, Big Brother's watching even、yeah. though, even when you do your thing. So, so that's the B side of China that not many people actually know, I guess. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I think like people, yeah, people who don't know China very well have like, you have like very two have like two side of views. Either、mm. they assume that either they basically just assume that Big Brother watches you in toilets,、mm-hmm. which they actually do now. All day, kind of think of China's. Oh yeah, there's this cool place with like mobile payments and shit.、Oh, yeah. yeah, and、uh, and yeah, it's but like it's actually a bit more complicated. Like it's a、mm-hmm. mix of both. So like you can't assume it to just be North Korea, but like you、mm-hmm. can't think of it as just any other rich countries、mm-hmm. either. But like, so, <clears throat> but anyway, like people keep coming up with new ways to communicate. Mm-hmm. These messages,、mm-hmm. and you know, some some of them include just like blank 
A4 papers, oh, blank yes. posts, mm -hmm. because, yeah, because we're at a desperate, well, not we anymore, because, but, like, yeah. people are in a desperate place mm -hmm. when, you know, there's, like, nothing, like, basically everything gets censored. So by holding up a piece of blank paper, mm -hmm. well, there's nothing to censor. But also, you know, there are actual, like, police officers mm -hmm. going up and saying, well, <clears throat> so going like, don't assume by home, don't don't assume we don't know what you're gonna say by holding up a piece of black paper. And yes, but and these kept happening, and also you know just tragedies kept happening, mm -hmm. and with you know people committing suicide and people mm -hmm. dying because of basically intentional delays of emergency medical services mm -hmm. you know all of these happening and also people in lockdown areas lockdown neighborhoods actually start breaking like physically the barricades and mm -hmm. the apartment gates which were actually fused together like mm -hmm. they have a piece of iron they fuse mm -hmm. a piece of iron yeah. on your or on your gate and then like what about and then like there were people asking even before the fire in Xinjiang like mm -hmm. well what if there's a fire and they just like go fuck yeah. yourselves and then like that happened in Xinjiang. I mean I remember this um because I'm an investor of Apple. Um literally one of the um Apple's factory um in Zhangzhou, I think. Yeah. Um had a massive riot um just before all these things happened. And some people think that was the starting point, um, uh, where people started disobeying all these lockdown rules, actually seeking um, you know, actually seeking freedom or you know at least a uh, environment where they can keep um you know keep having their normal life i mean even the fact even if the factory um suggested these people that they're going to pay double the wages they all left those factory uh, those factories and um i guess this kind of thing was uh, keep happening and happening all over the china i guess yeah i think all of these were kind of building blocks to this mm -hmm. final like eventual explosion but you know there's something to do about there's something to do with you know how relatable these are because for example like if you don't work in the factory mm -hmm. you'll probably go well i don't work in the factory i'll be fine mm -hmm. but also but but like if a fire happens mm -hmm. in like your apartment and and basically <clears throat> no one's coming no, no one's coming to hell for like mm -hmm. a good like hour or so like that could happen to anyone mm -hmm. especially when people see like their fused gates and stuff mm -hmm. so i think that was kind of the point where people go like if i don't do something mm -hmm. that is going to happen to me mm -hmm. but also i think Mm, but also I think many people like even in China sees like the fire in Xinjiang as you know just a normal fire but there's a very special you know there's the special situation in Xinjiang mm -hmm. that kind of was the cause of that that was like partially the cause of the tragedy um, because as we all know Xinjiang was it's under heavy surveillance because mm -hmm. of yeah. Well, yeah. China, bit bit because of the government doing something to the Uyghurs. Mm -hmm, yeah. Something. And yes. Some <laughs> something. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like, Xinjiang is a very politically sensitive place where you, if you 
do something like anything without reporting to the authorities and etc then it will get you into great trouble and yeah i think i, I i'm quoting this from someone who um, escaped to japan from xinjiang mm-hmm. and yeah that was his analysis but <clears throat> but because how do i say it yeah but but because of this sense of you know sheer paranoia that if you do anything then something bad's gonna happen to you it's because of this that people won't even speak up like even when a fire is happening Mm -hmm. and the fire trucks aren't coming and there was a clip actually going like so the fire truck like the water wasn't reaching high enough to Mm -hmm. reach the actual apartment that was on fire and people can't like i'm like people can't say it people just like have to just like take videos going like it's not reaching high enough uh how what because like yeah there's this sense of paranoia that trouble may come to them that is a very big mm-hmm. factor which causes tragedy and also i would like to mention that the official death toll mm-hmm. was 10 people mm-hmm. and that was kind of because if it goes to 11 mm-hmm. then that will be you know big political like it, it would be political scandal great mm-hmm. in china but yeah. like i mean it already is and the actual death toll kind of ranges from some sources say 20 something mm-hmm. and the guy who um, escaped to japan actually reported it to be 40 something and i would assume that's because that that, that is from sources of mm-hmm. you, you know him lo- knowing local people and I think, yeah, I, I would probably believe that it is actually 40-something, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chinese government always um, minimising um, the casualties of their wrongdoing. It's, very, it's a very common practice. Um, you remember when there was flood, um, the same city, Songzhou, and um, there were yeah. literally um, almost 200 people died, but Chinese government actually said there was... I don't know, maybe like a dozen people died. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the special thing about that one was when... Mm-hmm. That that was kind of when the Chinese government outlawed flowers. <laughs> no, like, actually, like... So, so like, if you, like, you go go into a flower shop mm-hmm. and then go, like, yeah, buy, buy, buy some, like, white flowers and then walk out and then there will be <clears throat> plain, like, there, there will be plain clothes officers going, like... What you what what you buying the flowers for, and then and and at, and at one point just like so many people were buying flowers to commemorate those people. I think mm-hmm. it was like after the first it was the first anniversary that they basically just banned flower shops from opening. But also, <laughs> yeah, and like the Chinese like the Chinese government has a history of doing that. Um, you know the artist Ai Weiwei. No. Oh what? No, yeah, I think. If you're listening to this, um, I think you'll probably know who he is. But um, he is the son of a famous Chinese poet, and I Ching. And he, yeah, and he's a contemporary artist, a um, performance artist. That was kind of probably like a big household name amongst Chinese dissidents and just freedom-loving people in general. And... Yeah, and 
so there was one point, I think, so the thing that, the main thing that got him into trouble was um, the 2008 earthquake in Sichuan. Mm -hmm. Because um, the cause of that casualty, because like it wasn't even that, well, I can't say it wasn't even that big of an earthquake, Mm -hmm. but like, for example, Japan would have dealt with it with like close to zero casualty. Yeah, basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... Uh, but but like thousands of people died and like uh, and like the main casualties were school children mm-hmm. and that was because of basically embezzlements for funds for building schools so like mm-hmm. this <clears throat> so, so basically like the school was built crap and everyone in resident areas were fine but kids in school mm-hmm. basically all died and his project was to um, give a natural death toll and all the names mm-hmm. of those children who died in that earthquake. Mm-hmm. And that's what really set the Communist Party off. And yeah, and he was jailed for I don't know how long and had to, and had to be exiled like since then. That's, you know, it's, it's something that I would expected but that still surprises me a lot um i mean we, we still have got quite a lot of um allies of china in the west um you know so many people in europe um not many people in america but in europe and in britain actually thinks that you know look chinese government they pro- they provided stability they provided wealth for them and these promises keep this country going and these are the like the small side effects of you know making China wealthier and making people better, and I guess the Chinese population are seeing exactly opposite from this narrative, and they're seeing these kind of side effects are going to get them um, even before they get wealthier and things like that. I guess um, that would be um, how a normal Chinese person would think. Mm, yeah, I think no, because. I think that is a common, yeah. I think that is a common attribute to you know these um semi, you know mar- market communist mm-hmm. economies like China and Russia. Because I recently watched um, a YouTube video by um Vlad Vexler, mm-hmm. um who is you know a Russian who is a British, uh, Russian dis- dissident, and his comment about. Russia and the Russian people's attitude on the government is basically that, well, we will just outsource all politics to them, Mm -hmm. let them do whatever decisions as long as they could provide stability and make money for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the kind of mindset that leads to complete catastrophe, because Mm -hmm. once you realize that you need to do something, it's too late. And -hmm. oftentimes you just become completely numb and you don't even realize you need to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- 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 this is a very hard news for many of us. I mean, especially um, my fellow South Koreans. You know, we 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 don't we we condemn this authoritarianism, but we also make money out of Chinese. You know, all these Chinese schemes. You know, China is the biggest trading partner, not only for South Korea, for but for many countries. And seeing this kind of breakdown of um, the failure of Chinese state and the failure of all this Chinese dream they promised. Um, 
is actually going to affect quite a lot of us, not just Chinese, but actually us living in the West, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's the same situation in, like, you know, with the Middle East, with Saudi Arabia, with Qatar. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, if, you're, if your entire electricity supply depends on fucking Russia and Qatar and, like, Saudi Arabia, I... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be surprised that at some point the bills will be as high as it is right now. Yeah, I mean, um, how do you think, um, how how much do you think our bills would be, you know, as as a West, as, as Britain, you know, I mean, we both are very British people. So. Hmm, I don't know. Well, look, uh, I'm actually not sure because I don't come from a place where we have heating on. Like, I've lived most of my life in, in, in Hong Kong and yeah. in winter, like, it gets cold like it, it it gets kind of just borderline cold enough mm, for like yeah. a week that mm-hmm. you know you don't you, you wouldn't in- install heating in your house so so, so basically like during that week mm-hmm. we just like wear down jackets at home mm-hmm. and like i'm completely fine with it i don't even have heating on in my house i i actually remember this article where um it went down like five degrees Celsius in Hong Kong, and twenty people froze to death. And um, you know, I remember South Koreans making fun of people from Hong Kong uh, for this one. I mean, uh, no, yeah, those were. I think those were mostly elderly people. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, during the coldest week of the year, while we we go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not about um, I think gas price or anything, but you know, um, many parts of the economy or many parts of our life, our lives are actually um, are actually quite related to China. I mean, many things are made in China, and many things we do are also produced in China. Not produced, sorry. Um, also consumed in China. I mean, yeah, like that. That that's kind of why I think Apple ran out of supplies of whatever their newest model is for Black Friday because oh, yeah. no one in China is to manufacture them. <laughs> you know. Yeah. When um, you see it, it's kind of funny and sad. Yeah, it's funny and sad. So, um, as a, as an insider or as a person who have um quite a lot of insider knowledge, um, do you think that we are actually going back to these days where you know we had Cold War and you know we have complete split off from Soviet Union or this time it's going to be China or. Do you find the future um, a lot more uh, moderate and actually uh, future are for the Chinese Communist Party? Uh, what, what would you say? Yeah, I don't know about this because, well, you know, going back to going back to topic of the protests, like, you know, it, it could change a lot depends on how the Chinese government deals with mm-hmm. its current civil uprising. Because I can kind of think of, because if you think about it, like, if you think about all these protests, like in Shanghai and Beijing and etc., mm-hmm. then you can kind of see that, well, the government is kind of, well, it appears to be a bit milder mm-hmm. than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't yeah. start, like, shooting people and stuff. And I can think of two possibilities, like, because one that is, one is that the government thinks they know what to do and mm-hmm. aren't too worried about it, which is kind of scary. And two, that the government is just in sheer panic. Mm-hmm. 
And I think both of these are true in some sense, because, like, well, in 89, they got all the tanks out, the entire military out, Mm -hmm. but the government has gained so much experience dealing with protests over the past, like, three decades, and Mm -hmm. they know very well that if they get the military out and use it on civilians again, like, it's going to face a lot of international scrutiny, well, sanctions kind of just go without mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it might even justify military action from mm-hmm. the US and etc. And by that point, we're not even in Cold War. That's hot war. Yeah, that's um, hot war. And my hometown is not going to exist <laughs> yeah, anymore. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that uh, by that point, you kind of have to worry about, you know, South Korea, Japan, and especially Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taiwan is the one to worry about. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so for those of you wondering whether Tiananmen Square will happen again, well, my take is that it wouldn't. The Communist mm-hmm. Party knows better way to tackle civil unrest. But also, you know, the better ways are the scary ones. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, they amount to tracking down protesters mm-hmm. one by one because, yeah. well, it's a surveillance state now, we all know, mm-hmm. and it has all the means to track down everyone and threaten their family which is a big thing mm-hmm. and take these people away so like they kind of just disappear and nobody knows what happens to them so mm-hmm. why terror mm-hmm. so I, I guess this is where you draw a line between china and north korea uh, very unfortunately both are um the neighbors of where i came from <laughs> uh, but you know north korea it is totally inhumane you know you'd send them to concentration camps or you know kill entire family or things like that whilst china actually knows how to control people with um decades of experience and with all this um armory of technology you know the face recognition um you know the credit scoring system and you know all all these things i guess Well, look, well, like, if you look at it from the West, Mm -hmm. you would think that, well, North Korea is scary in China. Like, we're not comparing the economics because Mm -hmm. it's very apparent. But also, like, just, like, in the political scale, you see North Korea as um, as scarier than China. But, you know, from... But if you just, like, see yourself as an individual Mm -hmm. from these two countries, then... The terror is basically the same because, yeah, um, because, yeah, you know, you talked about North Korea just killing your entire family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, collective punishment, it's kind of a form of Chinese heritage. Like, this is a horrible thing to say, but it kind of is, almost. Because, <laughs> um, like, you know, like, collective punishment came about since basically the beginning of history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while democratic nations dropped it because you know, clear breach of Geneva Convention. China still uses it as one of its biggest weapons against distance. And I think it comes into two aspects, right? Mm -hmm. So one, it's family. So when you're a dissident, whether in China or overseas, your family members in China, if you still have any in China, Mm -hmm. are basically held hostage by the authorities, like in order to control you. So they go, okay, think about your family. Uh, oh, okay, so before you say all of these inappropriate things, mm-hmm. think about your family. And, you know, is it worth it to get all of them in trouble? 
and etc. And I think the other form of restraint is that the authorities, you know, punish an entire school or entire neighborhood if one person refuses to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. And the effect they, you know, for example, if they refuse to take the PCR, like PCR tests. And the effect they hope for is that, you know, the fellow students or your neighbors mm-hmm. would turn to attack this one person while the authorities just sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. But now I think people are starting to realize that this is happening, like, I think a lot of people still fall for this trap. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't just expect people to all become smart all at once. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of videos of people actually starting to defend each other's, and I think it's really important that this continues. Yes, I, I mean I think it's very important,、um, especially you know how South Korea became a democratic country was actually through. It's not only just a few angry students; it was the whole society. Coming together, I mean, even religious leaders coming together and protecting、um, these protesters and、um, things like that. I mean, one example why I turned myself into a Catholic and why mom turned why my mom turned、um, herself into Catholic was because、um, the Catholicism as as a whole church、um, was actually on the forefront of you know these、um, authoritarianism versus them.、Um, You know, democracy war, and they used to protect all these、um, protesters and hide them in churches, and you know,、um, get the power from Vatican and say, look, police can't get into churches,、um, and I, I guess this is, I guess this is very important step、um, where people from across generations or you know across class or anything come together and actually. Changed for democracy, and this is this was something that I was actually wondering because I heard the older the people get, the more favorable they are when it comes to democracy, freedom, and liberty. Whilst the younger generation tends to be very nationalistic and、um, very for the current government because that's what、um, made them like a little emperors. Hmm. I. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree to that completely because I think it depends on the country's history, you know. Because the older generation in South Korea、mm-hmm. was the revolutionary、mm-hmm. generation. I'm not too sure about that. So、um, I'll say people in right now, people in like fifties and sixties, fifties, forties, basically, these people were revolutionaries. Yeah. And. Sixty plus was rather, you know, conservative population whose only concern was actually make a living out of things. Yeah.、Um, but I heard in China that because of all these memories from Tiananmen Square and you know, if, even going even further, you know, the Kuomintang government and things like that,、um, I heard the older people get the more favorable、um, people are for,、um, you know, something not authoritarian. Hmm. Well, I think that depends on you know, like people. Well, people experience a lot of things in their lives, and、mm-hmm. they, you know, they kind of they they have to choose sides. So you、mm-hmm. know, for example,、um, the you know the the very old generation alive were probably、um, the what was it?、Uh, yeah, the red troops in.、Mm-hmm. The Cultural Revolution,、mm-hmm. and these、uh, and these are the very, you know, the the very 
I can't even say nationalistic. Like these are the very pro-communism、mm-hmm. people, and then you have people who have memories of、um, Tiananmen Square, and that's another bunch of people.、Mm-hmm. And now you have,、uh, and then you know you have people who are born in the nineties and、mm-hmm. the two thousands who knew nothing about Tiananmen Square, but also you have. You know the young generation who's gone out, gone overseas, and、mm-hmm. had access to all these historical information.、Mm-hmm. So I think it is probably less about age and more about just what information do you have in contact with, and what information do you relate to the most.、Mm-hmm. And also, I think, yeah, because you mentioned the church and the Vatican, and、mm-hmm. I just like to comment on Hong Kong. Because it's it's kind of really interesting because、um, the same thing was happening in Hong Kong that、mm-hmm. you know that that the churches were protective of the protesters、mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen twenty and yeah I think and and one of、uh, and I think one of the bishops actually got into trouble for it、mm-hmm. and like he 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 he's like ninety something、mm-hmm. and put in jail and. Yeah, I think there's the element of religion and the church being protective of young revolutionary generations,、mm-hmm. but also um, but also you know when you talked about South Korea, that was quite a while ago,、yeah. and now the Vatican and and you know in Hong Kong and in, in this Hong Kong case,、mm-hmm. the Vatican wasn't that supportive. No, no, it wasn't, and. Yeah, and in China, you don't even have to slay it because all religions has already been cleaned out. Yeah, I mean, on on that note, as a Catholic, I actually have to criticize Vatican for this one because they ended up actually approving the Chinese Church of Catholicism. So actually, Catholicism in China almost work like a state church that、um, praises the、um, the communist government and things like that. Yeah, you have the cross, and then you have like Xi Jinping's face yeah, over it. Yeah, I know. The the thing is that one thing I found positive, which is not from Catholic but actually our Protestant friends, is that have you heard that there's a Chinese church in Bristol, and okay, not gonna lie, I'm a Catholic myself. Is it a Chinese church or a Hong Kong church? Because like there were no, a few Hong Kong community churches. I think it is actually full Chinese church, like the、oh, wow. mainland Chinese I church. I didn't know that. So I'm a Catholic myself, and I go to Clifton Cathedral. And、uh-huh. there, in Clifton Cathedral, wait, Clifton Cathedral—that's the one that looks like that looks very industrial and yeah, stuff. Yeah, very very、um, Protestant, but it's actually a Catholic church. <laughs> that's a Catholic church.、Yes. Yeah, no, we we walked by because like I lived yeah, by it a, last. It's a horrible building. No, I I, I lived by it last year, and like we and like we all like and we all say to each other's yeah, and that that is a cold church. Now, <laughs> that church has a bishop. Yeah, you you find it surprising. This church is a very important church that has a bishop, which is quite high、yeah. up cl- up a, up a class of the、um, know you know、um, priests. And whenever I go to a mass, there's like maybe like twenty thirty people showing up, and half the people are Polish because they're very、yeah. um, faithful people, and、um, the twenty five percent of the people are、uh, very old ladies and gentlemen. And another twenty five percent are,、um, you know, just some people, and that's like maybe thirty people. But 
every single um, I don't know how they call it in um, Protestant church, but every single mass equivalent they have in um, this Chinese Protestant church, there are at least hundred Chinese persons showing up. Can you believe it? Hundred Chinese people um, realizing the teaching of the Jesus Christ, although it's a different um, uh, different um, ways of teaching. But at the same time, I think we're starting to see that in 2010s and early 2020s, we say Chinese people very feeling strongly about their country and hating countries like Korea, you know, I still remember, um, you know, I mean, still now, sometimes when Chinese people pass by, you know, they just, um, you know, talk to each other, oh, you know, and, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm a Korean, so I, I just, Hangoran means Korean yeah. in Chinese, and I, I, I'm in Korea, I, I have no problem uh, being called Korean, but if they're calling me Korean, there's something negative meaning that they probably are talking about on I me. I don't know, maybe know. they just like K-pop. <laughs> no, they definitely like, you know, grown-up men. Okay, <laughs> I, okay. I, I, uh, are you saying grown-up men can't like K-pop? <laughs> I, for, for myself, um, I... I, I literally lived in a city of K-pop, but no, um, no, I don't think not many grown-up men likes K-pop. Although it's debatable, but no, me personally don't, and I don't think positive. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, you see, and whenever I talk to these Chinese, you know, they are very against um, just the idea of being a Korean, you know, itself, because for them, it, being a Korean is like. You know, being an outlier of what they believe. What they believe is, you know, um, listen to the government, do good for your country, and your country will be powerful and prosperous, and you'll be rich. Whilst you see this just random South Korean like myself, who's um, definitely a lot richer than ninety nine percent of Korean, ninety nine percent of Chinese. But I guess that is actually changing into some way that the Chinese are actually. The, the vast majority are recognizing what's the problem with their country and why they can't be like South Korea or why they can't be as rich as, I don't know, Hong Kong or Japan or even United States. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, just on, look, on the point when you talk about religion, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't really, well, I agree that religion has probably a positive mm -hmm. effect on how people think. Like, you know, like religious influence is probably a better alternative to government influence. Mm -hmm. but, at, but, but at the same time, it is, you know, some entity telling you what to think. And while it's a step ahead, I do think that people need to start thinking for themselves mm -hmm. and I don't know and I think well yeah it wouldn't it would probably it would probably be hard for someone to go straight from being brainwashed mm -hmm. to being completely independent and maybe religion would be the bridge mm -hmm. but I don't think that religion could be the ending point I think at some point people need to mm -hmm. have full control of what they think but mm -hmm. yeah that's just what i think yeah i mean that differs i mean as a person of um 
religious belief. I think religion generally do um, good to the society, but it's up to people. You know, I don't want everyone to believe in my religion. You know, I want people to freely decide that my religion, Catholicism, is a good thing and is a good um, way of life and things like that. And in order to make it possible, you know, Chinese people should have their ability to think freely and actually understand the concepts that we understand and the concepts that we feel very strongly about, which is the result of thousands and thousands of years of human pro um, progress. And seeing China um, in South Korean eyes, you know, I see them as a lost brothers where they just, you know, <laughs> couldn't really access to these great um, informations. And, um, but I guess we're seeing um, at least a ray of hope where people now start to realize that what they're lacking of, I guess um, that's the thing. Or um, do you not find any hope? <laughs> uh, well, look, like I, I do agree. I do agree with you that mm -hmm. you know, I you know, as a rule of thumb, I do not think of people mm -hmm. as just plain stupid or whatever. I think everyone has the intellectual capacity to mm -hmm. figure out what is right for them and what they want, mm -hmm. and there are factors that inhibit them from using this capacity but that doesn't mean they do not have this capacity and if we eliminate this element and if we eliminate all of these barriers then well everyone could think the best they can so but all but but also you know how hard is it to eliminate this in eliminate this entire propaganda machine i'm not sure about that oh yeah well that's the thing well but i'm still very surprised um how positively you think because you're a person from hong kong and you went through all these um not great things in 2019 and you know i i must really um show my um you know, show my um, gratitude and uh, uh, my and, and how I admire um, these thoughts because, you know, that I think that at least, um, you know, makes us feel something that, you know, seeing China is not, you know, black and white matter, but it is actually something that we need to constantly work on not only the hard power level but actually the soft power level how we persuade these people and um you know how we you know although it is going to be very hard and no one knows the answer but you know i guess that opens the um discussion in the west um i guess yeah you know like when you yeah when you talk about hong kong mm -hmm. i i just like to mention that you know this situation right now in china probably has more impact to me than the situation in Hong Kong even though I was there when it happened and mm -hmm. I was part of, well, I was part of a lot of them mm -hmm. because the difference between Hong Kong and China was that well the Hong the Hong Kong situation the protest for democracy situation mm -hmm. kind of happened again and again so like you mm -hmm. know even just like since 
not since 97 and, and then, then 2003 yeah. when mm-hmm. yeah when the uh close 23 mm-hmm. happened, when, when close 23 was like on the edge of being passed being not passed i think you need a quick like some yeah. if you're listening to this like mm-hmm. just do a quick google mm-hmm. and then you know you have 2014 the umbrella the umbrella the umbrella movement Mm -hmm. in fact like this is really interesting because i moved to hong kong in 2014 Mm -hmm. and left in 2020 Mm -hmm. so like i was so so so, like i i came i I came into the democratic movement and i left you know during a democratic movement for university Mm -hmm. and yeah, so like this kept happening, you know, there were some in between like 2016 and mm-hmm. etc. But this kept happening again and again. Mm-hmm. And like when at 2019, we knew that this was coming at some point that all mm-hmm. of these unresolved problems are going to just come back again. Mm-hmm. So like that was totally expected because people from Hong Kong has the spirit for democracy in them since forever. But in China, it's very different. Like in China, this is really an awakening because mm-hmm. nothing like this, like none of the CCP's step down, Xi Jinping's mm-hmm. step down chants has ever happened in Chinese history. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it has a greater impact on me, even though I'm just out here talking about it. I mean, not gonna lie, this actually, a South Korean me, had was um affected a lot about this um you know this movement and um all all these um situations you know um this might surprise you but for 21 years of my life i've never tried chinese food and i was <laughs> seriously i i was so much against it because look these are the people who kicked uh, my grandparents out of their hometown and these are the people these are the reason why my grandparents and my mom, my my uncles, had to live such a hard life. And my grandfather, you know, you wouldn't imagine, he worked in so many different countries, in Middle East, in, in the middle of all this desert, to um, bring up the family. You know, knowing his suffering, and, you know, he's very unfortunately not very well these days, um, you know, and seeing him suffering from that you know i never have ever you know felt anything good about general chinese people and it's bad you know it's not a great thing but actually recently i decided to actually just try chinese food and i think this is a massive change for me it is you know at least i don't see them as some mortal enemy now with their value and with their um with their chivalry, I think this has brought so many people um different perspective and you know, more I'll say um loving uh, perspective towards Chinese and you know and I guess even if this is not going to really work out, you know, as you know, we so in Hong Kong, I guess this is going to actually persuade more people in the West. I mean, West is a very massive um, part of the world as well. There, you wouldn't believe it, but there are um, almost around um, 800 million people living in the West, which is two thirds of West. China. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah the West. I mean, I, I hate the word because I, I'm from South Korea and it's in the East and we're called West. Um, I mean, Japan is kind of pretty much the West. Like, it's like you like think about G7. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Japan is a very, uh, is a country that I uh, find it quite hard. Because... No, J Japan is the one like Western country that speaks absolutely crap English. That's why you have to learn Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, not only that, I mean, you know, as a South Korean, I never had really a um, great time. But, I mean, you know, yes, you're South Korean. They, yeah, they, but they're still our friends, you know, they still love freedom in their own way. You know, it, it's it's not as the same way as how I think um, personally. But, you know, th these are great friends and I think we should all come together and collaborate. But, you know, there are quite a lot of people in the West as well. Um, who are probably four to five times richer than average Chinese. Um, so actually the influence that the West has, although it is actually quite shattered around right now, is massive. And you know, if these people bring this constructive argument and you know, actually change the mind of the people like myself, um, and you know, it, it's not really taught but there's actually quite a huge um you know racism problem against um chinese or you know any ethnic chinese people um yeah. you know i guess we're going to cure from all these you know dark past and actually move forward i guess mm. um, well look i think yeah. there was i think like there was a fundamental mm -hmm. mistake in you know the um your probably not your way of thinking but past you yeah. <laughs> way of thinking is that you can't really generalize a population into okay mm -hmm. these are the chinese people these are the western people these are the south korean people like mm -hmm. this is like no these are just these are individuals who happen to be born in the same country and like you have to consider people as individuals not as a group like it would be making the same mistake as mm -hmm. For example, as for example, Karl Marx, mm -hmm. who basically yeah. summarizes people of a certain financial situation as proletariat <laughs> and the other one as bourgeois, and that like that is a very that is a grave mistake you shouldn't do. Like you need to think about individuals as individuals. And the, another point, mm -hmm. um, okay, probably not asking you right now, but like, would past men mm -hmm. have Panda Express? <laughs> What's Panda Express? Uh, it's the American and Chinese food chain, quote-unquote Chinese food chain that are known for like Kong Pao chicken and stuff that are clearly not Chinese. I've never had one of these. Yeah, well, would so... you? No, I wouldn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... American is crap. Screw you, Americans. Yeah, but, 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 yeah I'll, I'll at least try once, you know, um, but, you know, because I need experience. But at the same time, you know, but, but this is the reality, you know, I, I'm not some uneducated person, I'm, you know, I am a person who actually started this podcast for a good reason, to promote liberty and things like that. I think it's really easy for even, you know, well-educated person to fall into these traps. And I think this is the right time for people like you, for example, you know, um, to actually step up and give constructive um, argument. And actually today has been a very wonderful... Um, you know, very wonderful um, day and incident that we actually came up to this very constructive argument. And, you know, not going to lie, um, today probably is the best day uh, in my life. You know, South Korea won against um, <laughs> Portugal. We're in the tournament in World's Cup, first time in 12 years, thanks to our, um, you know, 
democracy loving you know freedom loving um you know spirit and you know and the thing is you know this 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 um conversation we had today you know probably is going to be another highlight of my day like you know already great day anyway um thank you for coming um i really did enjoy it and um i hope you listeners did enjoy this talk as well and you know next time i'll bring um i'll also bring some more interesting topics that um you know that many of you might want to listen anyway thank you for coming juno thank you man right